every so often you could do certain things, but to be doing it on a consistent basis is going to hurt you. So like even for the people thinking that like, well, this is my job. I have to, it's like, no, take more accountability in those other stresses and you're going to be doing, you're going to be more progressive in your job and, and overall lifestyle outside of the gym and outside of work. Welcome back to the Motives Life podcast. Today, it's myself, uh, Dan, and Alexa, and we're going to be jamming out on a concept we define as load versus capacity, and it's an education opportunity for us at the beginning of every client journey to describe this concept and, and define the, the different elements of, of load that go into your day when you wake up every single morning, uh, and also understanding two different capacity thresholds that we have defined to illustrate our conversation. We are going to share two client stories today that just kind of help illustrate this concept and create a really good conversation for us right now. Uh, so welcome, Dan. Hey. He's back after his 100 miles, and Alexa is back. Soon to be, uh, but I'm going to kick it over to Lex and and Lex. Let's start us off with with a story uh, just about how you've used this concept in the past uh, with one of your clients. Okay, so really going to take you guys in right now and just paint that picture of a client that I had that came in. It's actually my first client at Motives. She came in extremely frustrated, really kind of lost and uncertain of the direction to go in. Um, she knew that she didn't have healthy habits. She knew that her lifestyle needed a change, but she really had no idea where to start. So that first session where we sat down with her, we learned that she worked 11 hour work days. We learned that she had very little energy to give to her family when she got home. We learned that there was just a level of mental health that she was struggling with that just made her, you know, just that kind of overwhelming sense of like feeling like, like depressed. And is this kind of my life, you know, am I going to be this miserable forever? And, um, so just having that opportunity to get to know more about the stress that she was experiencing gave us the opportunity to also educate her on the different types of stress that you have, that you expose yourself to. So you have two different types of stress, um, a you stress, which is a good stressor, and then a distress, which is quote unquote, a bad stressor. So you stresses can be exercise, for example, that can be you know, pushing yourself in a workout that pushes you just a little bit, but not too much. Um, other you stresses that I'm blanking on right now. Do you guys have any good, like good stressors that come to mind? Meditation. Or, mm. Yeah. 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 Just like different things that you expose yourself to, you're exposing yourself to, but it makes you feel better at the end of the day. Right. And then distress, you know, we, we probably can think of a lot of those like, um, poor, habit choices, not sleeping enough, not getting enough sunlight, not drinking enough water. Those are all habits and stressors that affect us in a negative way. Um, so what we did when she came in was just recognizing that she did have a lot of stress on her plate, but also recognizing that a good stressor and introducing a good stressor to her life will actually help her to build a little bit more resilience and a little bit more capacity, which we're, which we're going to talk about a little bit more in this podcast. So she came in starting two days a week of strength training. We did a little bit of cardio thrown in there as well, and um, just helping her create that awareness of what to types of stress am I exposing myself to before I even wake up in the morning? Like when I open my eyes, what stresses do I have? And then um, throughout the rest of her day, what stressors is she taking on? So her work stress, her commute stress, you know, if she's driving two hours, that's a lot of stress on a person. Um, but just through 
incorporating more exercise and getting her to think a little bit more about her habits, she was able to lose eight pounds in like the first 45 days of working together. And that's where I'm going to kind of leave this client story for now. And I'm going to pass it back to Mike to explain a little bit more about load versus capacity. Yeah. So when we, when we think about the graph uh, that illustrates loading capacity, uh, we have really two different types of buckets for load. We have one that we wake up with when our feet hit the ground. And we have another one that gets filled up once our feet are on the ground and we're walking around throughout our day. So the things that go into the bucket uh, that you wake up with are going to include sleep, diet, and stress. So that, you know, the number of hours you slept, the, the quality of your sleep, the consistency of your sleep is also very big. Um, you know, oftentimes people just focus on getting eight hours and maybe they think they won an award for or win an award for sleeping eight hours once a week. But you know, the consistency of your sleep and wake pattern is very, very important with regards to, to sleep and how it affects your stress levels. Obviously your diet and then stress with regards to, uh, like Dan was saying earlier with meditation and, and stress management and anxiety. Uh, you also have anatomical dysfunctions. It's just a fancy word to describe things that you may have been born with. For example, if you have an extra bone in your foot or uh you know, maybe you were born with some type of uh, anatomical defect in another limb of your body. Those are things that within our scope of practice here as fitness professionals, we're not going to be able to affect change in those areas, but they, they are something you carry with you every single day. And then the last one that falls within this bucket are functional diagnoses, which is another fancy word of describing the broken ankle you had uh, in high school or the torn rotator cuff you got from, um, I don't know, something random in your in your 20s or 30s. Uh, but these anatomical dysfunctions can be within our scope, but can also not be within our scope, depending upon the the pain level or the incident or, or you know, the, the trauma, how relevant it is or how recent it's been. Uh, but, you know, the, the, the thing that's in this bucket that we focus on the most is sleep, diet, and stress. And then uh, with regards to the others, they're more so just stressors that or loaders that we keep in mind when taking into account uh, where you are on a given day. Then we have another bucket uh, that, gets, that gets layered into your day when, again, when you're walking around. And for someone that drives to work every day, the first major component that fills up this bucket is, is your commute. What does your commute look like? If you are, if you have three transactions of making your way to a train to get into New York City before you even get to work, that's a very different type of stress than someone who has to drive five minutes from their house and they're in their office and they're working. You know, the first instance when I have to drive to a bus stop and take a bus to a train and take a train to New York City and then I have to walk 10 blocks to get to my office, again, that's almost that could be upwards of two, two hours of commuting versus five minutes of commuting. Um, so that goes, that gets taken into account. The next is, um, you know, what does your work look like? How do you, what, what would you describe the stress of your workload being? Having a desk job and working manual labor, carrying lumber all day are again, two different, very different types of, of workloads with regards to physical stress and mental stress. And then you know, the, the commute home is another thing that needs to be taken into account. So taking the example of someone that works in the city, there could be upwards of four to five hours of commuting per day, which is, you know, 20 hours a week spent just getting to and from work. 
Then you talk about exercise. If you're someone that's exercising frequently, you're now layering exercise on top of the first three stresses we described in this bucket. And, you know, that's something that oftentimes people feel like they have to exercise and they have to do it to a certain extent when without even thinking about all the other things that went down in the eight hours of their day leading up to the time that they walked in the front door and they threw 200 pounds on a barbell and started deadlifting. Not everyone has the luxury of waking up and going to the gym first thing and not having a ton of stress throughout the day thereafter. 90% of the people that walk in our doors are working and carry a lot of stress with them throughout the day. So that those are in a very succinct description, two buckets that define load and capacity for us. And we use this illustration and this concept to educate our clients on understanding that once once our loading exceeds the capacity of the bucket and we start to spill over, we're into very dangerous territory with regards to, you know, the way your body will respond to that. Once you're overflowing your bucket, now we're talking about fatigue. Now we're talking about burnout. Now we're talking about frustration and exercise being something that's not a you stress and it becomes a distress because it starts to feel like a negative transaction for you on a daily basis. And it's actually making you more tired when you go home. You know, you leave the gym and you go home and you're, you feel more tired than you did uh, if you were to go to the gym. Now you start to have second thoughts on whether or not you want to keep going to the gym because you associate going to the gym with burying me deeper um, and feeling more tired. So Dan, I'm curious just you know, with regards to this concept, some different ways that you've been able to, you know, educate and mentor some of your clients just to help them understand where they're at on any given day or also like in the beginning of their client journey with you. Yeah. I think one thing that's super important for everyone out there listening is, um, in order to implement the load and capacity and have a better clue of it, it's being aware. So self-awareness of how you feel. I think a big question, a lot of my clients, will ask themselves and ask me is, why am I tired today? Or why am I feeling this? And that's just like being unaware of what you've done the last, you know, eight hours before you entered the gym or the night before, if you're coming in and meeting with me in the morning, um, you won't be asking yourself that question if you have the awareness of how many hours of sleep you got, right? We, we can check off the checklist of our distress and then, you know, any of the use stress that you've done before coming into the gym. So really educating them on the body awareness and being aware of the different stresses that they're going to have outside of the gym, which you just went over. Um, that's first step. And then it's just, you know, being having communication and being able to talk to each other this way. As a coach, I'm writing your program. I know where to meet you at. You know, um, if you if something comes along and work and you're going to be moving more than you were used to, then as a coach, I have to take a look at the program that maybe I, the next four weeks I have planned out for you, but now the stress is adding on. So I, I have to take in consideration what your program is going to look like. And this is the control, the controlled substance of your, your daily or just your capacity level. So that's easy for me, but for you, you need to take consideration. Okay. Now I'm having more stress added on in this area. How can I, change the stress coming out of all the other areas. If I'm getting bad sleep, then I'm going to, me and my client are going to talk about focusing on getting at least eight hours of sleep every night because the next four weeks you're going to be going, 
traveling all over and we want to continue the plan that we were, that we were going through with because we were seeing progress. So I'll take care of that. Maybe I'll have to like lower the, the, your volume a little bit, but we'll still move forward. You just have to focus on these little things. So it's having those conversations with your clients, like just more communication and having an idea of what their life is like outside of the gym. This way we don't have to have those questions of why am I feeling this way? What's going on? What am I doing wrong? And, and down the road, it's easier for both of us to work together. Hmm. It makes me think of um, like a DJ with their pad out in front of them, right? Probably because we're wearing these big headphones too. But like as a coach, Dan, it sounds like, you know, part of our responsibility is like knowing when to dial up certain, you know, parts <laughs> of the of the beat or whatever and dial back so that it sounds good. And it's not like this, you know, music that you're just like, oh, I can't listen to this anymore. It's like it's causing you more stress than then it's causing you good stress. So yeah, I think like even looking at this little uh, tool that we have for <laughs> podcasting, like there's certain times where you might need to dial up or dial back. And that's why having a coach I think is so important because they can help you understand what dials to turn. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, and that's again, what you said about creating awareness, it's like you're giving them that tool to be able to do on their own, but they might need your help sometimes in like observation to say like, oh, didn't you, you know, go out, you know, till like 2 a.m. the other night. Could that be why you're, you know, feeling this way on Tuesday when we're training? So it's like, oh, yeah, I forgot I did that. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you mentioned just like creating that awareness and helping them, uh, helping to educate them so that you guys can both together work on a program and keep making progress towards their goals. Yeah. Yeah. And that communication is big because like if you know how their daily schedule is, and then something happens, you can ask them a quick question like, oh, wait, didn't you go out? And that's someone that doesn't usually go out on. And well, there it is. There's mm -hmm. that's why you're probably feeling this way. And uh, so, yeah, that's why communication is big with your client. And you'll learn so much more yeah. for us. We're just the geeks that like want to just throw everything at you. So like having more questions thrown at us, it just makes us happy and like, oh, yeah, like, let me help you here and here because we're not going to hit everything yeah. um, all the time. So getting those questions asked to us is big. I know I'm going to go a little off, but sometimes we'll have someone in here that's interested in becoming a coach over here motives. And for us as a group, it's awesome because they're going to sit there and they're going to ask us all these questions that, that we're not thrown at every single day. So like our brains start going, our light bulbs start going off and we're able to just like throw more at them and, and surprise ourselves with how much information we can feed out to someone. So yeah, that going with that, that, that's why communication is big because we, we're here. We're just like full of information that we can throw at you. So, mm. and in, when it comes to loading capacity, that's everything. Yeah. Yeah. One, one thing too, on that, on that line, I think so many people look at what we do as exercise and, um, you know, you guys are personal trainers and that's where a concept like this allows us to, to elaborate on why we're not personal trainers and we're fitness professionals and there's, I believe, multiple more, uh, I don't know, pieces of value or, or levels to what it is that we actually provide for the client. And it's, you know, it's not just the exercise, it's the education that we're talking about right now. And it's the mentorship. Like we're, we're, we educate this concept early on in a client journey, but we're continuing to educate it and help uh, use it as a tool for us to mentor you as you progress on your timeline with us. And I could think, I could think to times when uh, motives was so young and we were only focused on exercise and 
you know, writing the best workouts and getting you the best sweat and making sure that, you know, everyone was getting here to exercise without, and knowing in the back of your head, well, yeah, the other 23 hours matter as well. But we never really had too many conversations around the other 23 hours because it was never something that we really prioritized. And that's, that's what we prioritize now as a company is, you know, the exercise is the easiest part for us. Exercise is free. You can go to any park on a Saturday or Sunday or day during the week and you'll see people exercising. The mentorship and the education is something that the person in the park nine times out of 10 doesn't have because they didn't go to school for it, nor do they have the time in the day to sit on Google. They're just working out, right? So for us, it's making sure that we're guiding every single person, we're mentoring them, we're educating them, and we're evolving with them as they evolve. And I know, Lex, you had a another story about a client where their journey has somewhat evolved as well recently, right, with regards to uh, where it's turned. And, you know, I, you and I were talking and we were talking with Dan about how your education of load versus capacity in the beginning gave you the groundwork and the framework to have conversation now in more of a mentorship way than an educational way. Yeah, so for for this client here, um, she was seeing progress and seeing weight loss in the beginning and then kind of shifting into this place of a few months later or a few, yeah, about a few months later, just seeing, you know, the scale go up, seeing her workouts decrease a little bit in terms of um, just the effort she was able to give. Um, like just the, you know, we were using the same amount of weights, but you could tell it was just very labored. And so, you know, it, it gave me just this, this opportunity to take a step back and ask her like, you know, how has work been lately? And I know you've been traveling a lot. Um, how has your nutritional choices been? And kind of giving me a place to start to say like, Hey, like what's changed here? Like why, why is the scale going up in this direction and why are our workouts suffering a little bit? So just in asking that those questions and understanding more of where she was currently at, um, we were able to find out that her work stresses were increasing a lot, um, just a lot more demand on her employees going on vacation, which put more stress on her. Um, she wasn't moving as much when she got home from work because she was so tired, whereas in the beginning she was coming home and going for bike rides and uh, walking and just doing a lot more of um, additional activity. Um, she was eating out more. All these things that weren't happening in the beginning of her journey started to now kind of interfere and increase her overall load. So um, it was just an opportunity for us to say, okay, what is within our control? Where can we kind of make some changes and so that we don't, you know, keep trending in this direction? So um, really just trying to encourage her to focus on getting home. And even if, you know, she's tired and everything, take 10 minutes to go for a walk, put on your favorite podcast or put on some music and just take it as an opportunity to, to de-stress instead of, again, trying to push her over the limit with, oh, she's like as a coach, sometimes we have to be super aware of where our clients are at because I'm sure most people would jump on the scale, see five pounds and be like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I have to run, you know, for 20 more minutes a day. I have to lift heavier weights. I have to push the limit. But for her is actually the opposite. And we had to learn to decrease some of the stressors in her life so that when she does come in for workouts, when she does, you know, has the opportunity to really challenge herself, she's in a good position where she has enough space to push to her capacity instead of coming in 
being at capacity, then we go to do something that wouldn't normally affect her in a negative way. But because of all the additional stress, it puts her over the edge. And maybe she has, you know, takes longer recovery time or she tweaks her back or whatever, whatever happens as a result of going over that capacity. But yeah, I think without load versus capacity and even a few years ago in my fitness journey, I wouldn't, as a coach, I wouldn't necessarily be certain of where to make changes. But now you have load versus capacity. You can see what are your daily stressors? What are the things that you're exposed to before your day even starts? And I think that gives us such a great place to help get people the best results. Yeah, I think you hit it on the money too. Uh, Something we've discussed before we turn on the podcast, but the biggest thing people usually do when they feel like they've gained weight or something, they go right to the treadmill or they go right into high intensity workouts. And like you said, that could be the exact opposite of what they need. So listening to this, you know, we'll, we'll put the, the chart in the, with a link, right. In, in this and, and really examine that chart and, and think about where you're at just when you wake up, when you get up out of bed, like where is your capacity load right there? And, you know, get a better idea of where you're at and don't always assume that because you gained weight that you need to just jump on a treadmill and, and start pushing pushing the pace and pushing your limit that way. And, and you could push your limit another way by doing things that you're uncomfortable with doing, you know, like you're comfortable with going in the gym and pushing yourself, but how about creating a plan before you go to bed so that you're going to bed at a proper time so that you can get those seven to eight hours of sleep. So, you know, and that's where our mentorship comes in. I'm going to tell you, Hey, why don't, what do you do right before bed? Oh, you're on your phone. You're on the TV. Let's turn that off an hour or two before let's shut off the lights, make sure your room is cool, lay down, relax and let yourself fall asleep. And that's just like a little mentorship that you can get with, being outside of the gym and controlling your your stress levels outside of the gym. This way, okay, your sleep is fixed. Now we're bringing that line down a little bit and you can do the normal load that you would be doing in the gym that you're supposed to be doing and then you'll lose that weight again just by fixing a little habit before bed. So yeah, I think that was just like a big thing that, that clicked my mind is people jump into, I need to work out hard because I gain weight and that could just put you into a downward spiral and you'll maybe gain more weight or even hurt yourself. Yeah. And the same, the same mindset is applied often to diet. I gain weight, so I have to eat less. Mm. I gain weight. So I have to change what I eat. Maybe, maybe right? <laughs> like you might. That's you why know. you have to know these things. Like you have to be aware. Right. There's a lot of factors that go into answering the question of, I gain weight. Should I eat less? You might. We have to ask other questions to help us make an educated decision on answering it. And the same thing goes with exercise. I, I gain weight. Do I have to work? I have to work out more. You might. Right. You know, what other questions go into figuring out if yes is the right answer to that? Um, you, you know, ultimately, ultimately, the, the things that are uncomfortable for most people such as what you described, you know, shutting down tech and going to bed early or drinking water, working out frequently. Those things are very hard for anyone, right? They're, they're, they're things that need to be trained more or less to become part of a lifestyle. Uh, but those are the things that earn you money in, a, in your bank account to, to do the fun things in life, whether it's eat out, 
twice a week and not worry about your diet or do activities, you know, go surfing, do other activities outside of the gym. Like all, all of the things that we talk about and that we're skilled with and experts at earn you the ability to access all of those things. They earn you the right to, to say, Hey, 20% of the time or 20% of my week, I'm going to eat like crap and I'm not going to think about my diet and that's okay. Right. Because you took care of the hard things with regards to, you know, your wellness and your lifestyle. So, you know, that's one thing. Another illustration per se is like how much money do you have or how much have you budgeted in your bank account to be able to afford yourself the right to be active outside the gym or eat dirty (laughs) twice a week per se. So like, do you have anything else on that front? Yeah, I think it's good. I think the only thing that came to my mind when you were bringing that up is the opposite where guys are, or anyone is that works, you know, and, and they're like, well, what about the money that's actually going to my bank account? I got to stay up at midnight and do these emails. And it's just like, man, if you took care of these things, you would be that much better of an employee or a CEO, whatever you are. And you wouldn't have to be staying up to midnight, maybe every once in a while, just like anything, like every so often you could do certain things, but to be doing it on a consistent basis is going to hurt you. So like even for the people thinking that like, well, this is my job. I have to, it's like, no, take more accountability in those other stresses. And you're going to be doing, you're going to be more progressive in your job and, and overall lifestyle outside of the gym and outside of work. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, Lex. Thank you, Mike.